You're listening to the Church Help Podcast, where we strive to help churches reach their full potential and catch on fire for God once again, with your hosts, Ty Campbell and Jason Brown. All right. Well, this is our first episode of the Church Help Podcast. We finally got it going after a a few technical difficulties, but we got it all ironed out. We're ready to go. Um, uh, our goals for this episode specifically, we just want to introduce ourselves, what we want to do. You know, I, some people know me, some people know Jason, uh, but a lot of people don't, or you don't know a lot about us. So we kind of introduce ourselves. Uh, we also want to give you an idea of what the, the podcast as a whole is going to be, uh, what our goals for the podcast are going to be. Um, so with that, Jason, go on and introduce yourself. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Oh, um, Jason Brown, pastor of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, um, We've been here uh, since about the beginning of September and just loving every minute of it. Um, pastoring in Columbus, Nebraska for uh, just under three years prior to coming here and um, just just loving serving the Lord. Um, my background, uh, I was uh, I grew up in church and uh, grew up in church, southeastern Iowa, it's humble Iowa, and um, was saved as a seven year old bus kid. And um, didn't really have uh, didn't really have a godly example at home um, for my home life. Um, Both my both my folks were uh, under the bondage of alcohol. And and so we you know, we kind of dealt with that uh, growing up. And and um, most of my childhood was do as I say, not as I do, which, you know, it leads to rebellion. And uh, that's exactly what it did, you know, and by age 11, I was smoking cigarettes. and, And by age 13, I was. I was into drugs and alcohol and different things and and just um, I, I ended up in the hog pen. I ended up in the hog pen and um, I had I had some folks that were that were trying to reach out. A good youth pastor kept trying to reach out. Um, grandparents that tried to reach out and, and plenty of plenty of people praying for me and um, and my brother for that matter. And uh, but just you know you get stuck in that world. You get stuck in the mud in the hog pen. And um, and you don't realize how far down you sink. And um, and so, you, you know, you, you get your focus on the world. And um, and, and, you know, I tell I tell folks this. I mean, um, you know, there, there is pleasure in sin. It's, oh, yeah. it, it only lasts for a season, but yeah. but there is pleasure in sin. And sometimes you can get wrapped up in that. And um, and I did. And so I, I lived I just lived a wicked life um, up until the age of 30. And um, it, it would take me an hour and a half to two hours to really go through all the details that, you know, God, I'll just tell you this. God laid me on my back more times than I have fingers and toes to remind me he was still there. Yeah. Um, I, I had to go through some things. And by the way, be sure your sin will find you out. Um, you know, I'm paying for things now physically that, you know, of, of dumb decisions I made as a teenager, you know. Yeah. And so um, but uh, at the age of 30, December 28th. 2006, God got a hold of me and, and put me in a uh, put me in a place where I literally was on my deathbed. I um, in, in 2004, um, I had done so much cocaine that it coagulated the artery in my euclavian, uh, coagulated the blood and caused a blood clot in my euclavian artery, mm-hmm. subuclavian artery, and I uh, was in the hospital for five days, uh, blood thinners. They told me that if I would have fallen, if I would have gotten bumped um, or ran into a wall, it could have it would have dislodged where it was at. And as big as it was, it would have dislodged and either went to my heart for a cardiac arrest or it would have caused an aneurysm and um, a stroke. And so 
Um, you know, and, and so I just really kind of changed my perspective on things. And, um, and then a couple of years later, God really, God really got a hold of my heart. I had started having similar symptoms that I had, uh, during that time with the blood clot. And, uh, but I hadn't, I hadn't done that, that particular, I hadn't, I hadn't used cocaine since then, but, um, I just felt like the Lord was really beginning to, to work on me. Yeah. Um, and, and I know, I know now more than I did then it was really conviction, but he was, he was doing some things, allowing some things physically. Yeah. And, um, and I, I thought, I thought that, you know, I was tingling in the face and just my right arm was numb and just drew it, just all kinds of weird stuff going on. And so, um, so I ended up getting right with the Lord, December 28, 2006, about 9.30 PM. And, um, and I just got on my face and I, I just, I just bawled. I, I just couldn't believe I'd wasted my life. Um, a, a life that he gave me, I, I, you know, I got assurance of my salvation that night. Um, cause you know, when you're, when you're deep in sin, man, the devil will make you doubt it. And devil, you know, if you were saved, you wouldn't be doing this stuff. And, you know, and, and so, so I got assurance of my salvation and, and, um, I promised the Lord, you know, I, I told him, I told the Lord, you know, Lord, you, you, I don't, I don't, the thing that you've, given, thing me, that you've given me, I don't deserve my family. My wife Elena was pregnant with, uh, Elena at the time, our middle daughter. And uh, my son Anthony was uh, about two, a little over two years old. I just told the Lord, I don't deserve what you've given me. I don't deserve my wife. I don't deserve my kids. You know, and, and God, do you have every right to take those away? And, and, um, and you know, God, if you, if you do that, if you take me home, just send somebody, please. Um, put a man in their life that will treat them right, that will raise my kids right, that will treat my wife right. Um, you know, I, I don't deserve to live. And um, But God, if you'll let me live, God, I'll live for you the rest of my days. And, um, and so I went to the hospital. Well, I went to the doctor a couple of days later. This was over Christmas of, of, uh, 2006 and, um, went to the, went to the doctor and the, and because of the history of blood clots and because of my health history, they, they started, I mean, they were freaking out. <laughs> um, they wanted to, they wanted to rush me by ambulance to the hospital to have ultrasound CT and all that stuff. And, um, so I told him I drive and I drove over there. Uh, long story short, they did ultrasound, they did CTs, they did an MRI of, of a couple of areas in my, in my stomach and, and, um, it turned out to be a herniated disc in my neck that was causing okay. tingling, causing numbness, causing yeah. numbness, swelling. and, um, and, and I, I'll tell you, um, as sure as I'm sitting here, as sure as we're talking today, had I not gotten right with God that night on December 28, 2006, I'd be in the grave. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, I, I'm confident because of, because of, as a seven year old boy, I trusted the Lord as my savior, um, that I would have been in heaven, but man, um, you know, it's amazing that, you know, I, I look back and I see the long suffering of God, um, you know, in so many different times that literally, um, my, my poor choices and my dumb decisions really should have cost me my life. Um, I mean, really, truly, I've been shot at, I've been held at gunpoint, I've been carjacked, um, you know, and, and I, I've, I've put myself in situations where um, just in my pride thinking I could, I could take somebody or what have you and, yeah. and end up on the wrong side of that real quick. And, and yeah. so, um, you know, and I, I just, I just praise the Lord. I just praise the Lord for his long suffering and for his grace and um man just I, I i'm so thankful and uh 
So after after we got right with the Lord, I got I got assurance of my salvation. Um, we had visited um, a church in Omaha a couple of times when we, when my wife and I were looking for a church to get married in. We were looking for a church to get married in, not a church to attend. Yeah. And, um, and so um, my wife has a pretty pretty neat testimony with that as well. But uh, um, but uh, so we we went and and my wife went forward. We both went forward. I thought mm-hmm. she you know, I, I knew she needed to get saved, and I. I thought, well, if my wife gets saved and she starts living right, that'll cause me to live right. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's wrong logic, yeah. you know, wrong logic by, you know, by, I mean, all senses, you know. So, um, so anyhow, she, we, we go back, she goes and, and uh, she gets dealt with and, and she comes out and she's weeping and, and uh, she said, well, I prayed. I'm like, okay, well, cool, you know, and, and so, um, Oh, about, you know, about a month, maybe six weeks go by and, and really nothing's changed. I mean, you know, and I'm like, OK, so, but I didn't you know, I was too I was too engulfed in my sinful lifestyle to really yeah. to really grasp that. And so um, so after I got right with the Lord, um, you know, I still was under I was still under the assumption that she got saved um, then. And, uh, yeah. and so after I got right with the Lord. And we were sitting down that that. So we went first Sunday, the second Sunday, the evening service was canceled because of a snowstorm. And so my wife and I were just talking and um, and it just, you know, she was excited uh, that my health, it wasn't anything serious. And, and that, you know, and I was just excited that I got assurance of my salvation and and all those things that God's God spared my life to to live for him. And and my wife says, well, if, if you're going to heaven, I want to go. And I'm like, I thought you were saved. And so, um, so anyhow, um, just by the, by the grace and mercy of God, I was able to take the word of God and leave. Amen. And, um, that was that, that was that first, I think January 7th, January 7th or January 8th. Um, but that, that second Sunday of the month and man, I'm telling you, it's, it has been really neat. It has been really neat. The transformation that God has made in our lives, yeah. Uh, not only individually, but as a, as husband and wife, and in our family, as we as we just continue to serve Him. You know, we served at Midwestern for you know fourteen years within the bus ministry, preaching to juniors, um, preaching to teenagers. Um, we we were we had the the wonderful opportunity to to have a teen church, which was all the kids that all the teens that came in on in the bus ministry. And, um, and so just, uh, you know, just a wonderful opportunity to serve the Lord and, yeah. uh, God called me to preach that. So we, we started 2007. Um, God called me to preach that October at a missions conference, the very first missions conference I went to. And, um, and so and in September of 2009, I entered the call publicly and, and man, it, it's, it's just, it's been nothing but a blast. Yeah, it ain't been easy, but man, it's been fun. <laughs> it's been fun. Hey, that'll work. Uh, a couple of questions. You said, yeah. how old were you when you got saved? You mentioned, you mentioned I was seven. Yep, I was seven. 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 I was seven, seven as well. Okay, there you go. Yep, amen. Uh, yep, how old were you when you you said you got right with God? So trying to figure yep. out how big the gap was. Yeah, um, I was 30 years old. 30, okay. So you're my yep. age. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yep. with that, did you go to Bible college anywhere? I did not. Okay. Nope, I, I like that because most Christians think they can't serve God unless they go to Bible college. Yeah. Right. 
And that the, the churches are full of people that don't do anything, and they're waiting on these Bible college graduates to come in and save the day. Yep, that's uh, it. I, I, I like that. I always love hearing people in ministry that that don't have Bible college experience because, yep. I mean, I, I like my college, um, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, I, 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 I mean, of course, I probably learned more there than I realized I learned. Sure. But at the same time, I, I don't accredit them to a whole lot about where I'm at today. Uh, there right. are certain men of God that God's placed in my life to help pave yep. the way. Now, That's one it. of them was at Bible college, but at the same time, if I just went to that church and he was there outside of college, I think I would have got the same uh, the mm-hmm. same effort from him as I would have in college. Uh, but I like hearing that because so many people just think they're unqualified to do anything. Yes. But it, God's true. not looking for qualification. He's looking for availability. I like that. One of my favorite quotes, uh, if you know me long enough, I love quotes. I really yeah, do. Yeah. I got a lot of them in my head, and they just kind of throw out there now and then. Uh, but I like that uh, you know, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. That's it. That's what it is. If you're called to serve, which is every saved child of God, <laughs> Amen. if you're called to serve, he will qualify you. He, 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 he'll he'll make it happen. But he just needs us to say, I'll do it. Yep. Yeah. I like that testimony though, and I I like that. I think ours are they they had the potential to be very similar. And what yeah. I mean by that is, in your testimony, uh, you got saved at seven. I also got saved at seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got saved at Joshua Baptist Church. God used a man by the name of Terry Tony. Um, that, uh, he was my Sunday school teacher at the time, February twentieth, two thousand. Um, after Sunday school, he pulled me aside and ended up getting saved. And I got baptized. I think the next Sunday or that, or was the following mm-hmm. Sunday after that. Mm-hmm. At seven years old, and of course, you know, I understood salvation. I knew everything I needed to know to get saved, but I still didn't have that desire for church. I didn't have mm-hmm. the desire, and a big part of that is what I always tell people, and I've told my parents, so I don't mind saying it publicly. Uh, I, I grew up kind of like you said, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Uh, I, did, I, I guess I described it a little more harsh. <laughs> yeah. I, I grew up in a very hypocritical household, as I, mm-hmm. I always say. You know, my dad was a Sunday school teacher and he, he taught Awanas. And he, he may not have been in Sunday school, but he taught Awanas. He taught like fifth and sixth grade, fifth and sixth graders. And he was pretty involved in the church. And his, his right. parents were almost charter members. They'd been there for quite a while uh, in the church for like 40 years or something like that. Uh, so they'd been there for a long time. And, you know, so for me as a kid, our only perception of church is through our parents. Yeah, you know, kids don't understand church unless their parents tell them what church is. Right. So as a kid, I assume, just as any kid does, that I mean, surely my parents are doing it right. He, he, you know, he's a teacher; he's respected in the church. My mom's there helping. They're, they're singing in the choir, and so we're doing it right. I mean, this is what church is. I, in other words, I, I I never even considered that I we were doing it wrong. <laughs> like this is yeah, it. Right. This is the, this is what church is. So uh, because of that, I saw how my parents were at church and how they were at home. And it to me, it was just fake. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I felt like I had a good experience of what church was, and it just it wasn't real. And, and so yeah. why are we wasting our time? What's the point? So because of that, I never wanted to be there. And I always tell people, if you don't want to be somewhere, it doesn't matter. You could have the best teacher in the world, but if you don't want to be there, you're never going to learn yeah. anything. That's right. Yeah. And that's how I was. I, I probably got taught some very good things growing up, but I don't remember any of it. I'm just being honest, all out yeah. the window. Uh, kind of like you said, though, you said you ended up in the hog pen. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I made it quite to the hog pen just because, I mean, I still have never cussed, never drank alcohol, never done drugs. Never. It's like yeah. I, I wouldn't, 
I, just based on other testimonies, I wouldn't say I made it to the hog pen. Mm-hmm. I would say I was in the far country, though. Either that yeah, or I was right. always packing my bags. You know, I was, yeah. I was yeah. on my way to the far country. I, I definitely was not in the father's house. Uh, I wasn't where I needed to be. Um, but so before I made it to the hog pen, I, I think God kind of got a hold of my life. Praise God yeah. for that. Amen. Uh, so when I turned 17, that was actually when I turned 16, that was my way out of church. I started working. And yeah. all of a sudden, you know, uh, of course, my parents said no, but I told my employer, I said, hey, I want to work on Sundays. <laughs> Get me out of this thing. Uh, so yeah. now I'm working on Sundays and I tell my parents, oh, man, I'm scheduled Sunday. I can't make it. You know, I just can't make it to church, you know, just how it is. And so I got out of church for uh, about a year. I, I didn't think it was that long until I went back and looked at dates and stuff and when everything started. And it was it was probably right out of a year. I was just totally out of church. I mean, I may have gone to a couple when I was off work, yeah. you know, kind of here and there. But for, for the most part, I would say I was out. Um, and then about a year after that, uh, my parents switched churches. Actually, one here in town. We were going about 15 minutes or so to find one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to one here in town, and they, they asked me, I said, hey, just come to church with us one Sunday. Of course, you know, as a son, okay, I'll do it. You know, uh, in my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to appease you. <laughs> I'm going right. to make my money. And so I took off one Sunday, and just being honest, that church changed my life. Amen. Uh, and when I walked in that church, there was probably three to 350 people there that morning, which is, mm. I mean, it's pretty comparable size to the church I came from. Of course, the other one's bigger now, but I think at the time they were pretty similar in size. This one felt more homey, though. The building wasn't okay. quite as grand. It was more of a, a more smaller church building. Uh, that, yeah. It was packed out at 350. The other one was packed out like 800. So uh, this yeah. one felt a little more homey and how it was and i mean i walked in i didn't know really anybody there was a couple people i went to school with but other than that i didn't know anybody mm-hmm. and what what really changed my life there was adults in the church which i had never experienced before outside of like your sunday school teacher you know your direct involvement there was adults in the church that had no connection to the youth group no connection to teens and they were coming up. They were shaking my hand. They were asking who I was. They were getting to know me. Yep. Um, I mean, I think I shook 300 hands before I found a seat. Yep, and and the awesome. other church, and again, it, it wasn't it probably wasn't their fault because I didn't want to be there. So I'm not going out of the way to shake hands either. <laughs> and I'm right. right in the corner. Uh, but at this church, I mean, I just noticed, man, these people are so friendly. Yep. Um, they're, they're loving on me. They invited. They said, hey, if you come back tonight, we have a group of like 40 people. And uh, we all go out to eat Chili's every Sunday night, which is the only restaurant oh, that's, awesome. yeah. <laughs> that's why we did it. Um, and, and so I said, he asked him, I'm, a, I'm 17. He said, hey, if you come, we'll buy your food. I that's said, awesome, I'm yeah. a 17-year-old guy. You know, you're my language. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so I showed up, and they took me out to eat. And Chili's, they closed when church ended, but they stayed open for us every Sunday. They would stay that's open awesome. for our, our group. They had a big table already set up for us, ready to go. Uh, they'd pamper us when we were in there. We loved on them. They loved on us. But one thing that really struck me was most churches, I feel like, they have the adults over here and the teens over here. Man, when we went to Chili's, it was like teen adult, teen adult, teen adult. And it wasn't that way on purpose. It wasn't structured that way. Right. It was just, I mean, honestly, at that church, some of my best friends were 50 years old, which yeah. – which doesn't sound crazy when you're an adult, but 17 year olds aren't best friends with right. 50 year olds. Yeah, that's when you're yeah. a teen. That's that's ancient. <laughs> you know, we're surprised you're still alive. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so that's what my best friends were 45, 55, 60. But yeah. it's because they loved on me and invested in me. Yep. And really, that's what changed my life was uh, from that point on, 
you know, I think I had to work the next couple of Sundays because already on the schedule. But I told my manager, uh, I said, look, I'm not going to work Sundays anymore or Wednesdays. I'm going to start going to church. And uh, I don't know if I recommend this fully, uh, but I, I, I always say get good enough at your job where you have some pull. Yeah. I yeah. was the best manager there. And I know I was because of based on what they paid me and the schedule they gave me and how they treated yeah. me. So they said, no, you have to work Sundays. You're going to be on the schedule. I, I just said, Hey, look, here's the deal. I'm telling you two weeks ahead. I'm not going to be here. <laughs> yep. So if, if there's no manager on shift, I'm letting you know two weeks ahead, I will not be here. Yep, amen. And eventually they worked with my schedule. <laughs> but again, you have to be a good worker in order to pull that sweat. Right. If you're a bad worker, you're, you're, bye. <laughs> have a good yeah, one. Yeah. Um, but from that point on, I just didn't miss church. And, and really, in the course of, is what I love, in the course of one year, I went from hating church, wanting nothing to do with it. Right at a year later, year and a half later, I was in Bible college. Amen. And I, 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 I mean, because I, when we, I was 17 years old when we started going to Calvary. And there was only, I graduated like four months later. And in that four months, I fell in love with God. The church loved on me. The Brother Earl, the youth pastor, loved on me. Brother Payne, the pastor, loved on me. The people loved on me. Yep. And because of that, I'm where I'm at today. Yeah, and it's really that. And so that's what I say. Our testimonies, they had the potential to be very similar. Right. Because my family didn't switch church. And if they did, I mean, that's the road I was going down. I, yeah. I wasn't there yet because, frankly, I still live with my parents. Mm-hmm. Even though I was at a church, my dad still would have killed me if I cussed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, that didn't mean I'm a good person. I just, I didn't want to die. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Like, not drinking. <laughs> there's still, there's boxes I understand and don't cross those lines. Uh, but at the end Amen. of the day, you know, I, I, I think God, God got me out of that before I made it to the hog pen because I mean, yeah, the friends the I had at that point, they weren't church friends. They weren't good influences. So they did all that stuff. I would, yep. I just at that time had the willpower to say, I'm not doing it. Yep. But I, I don't doubt what, you know, a few years passes, I'm 20, 21, 22, I would have started it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing, there's no reason saying I wouldn't have. That's that's the path my friends were going. Eventually, I would have followed that path. Yeah. Uh, I just got me out of that a little bit before. Uh, but I think our testimonies are interesting because when I went to college, uh, I did go to college. Uh, but when I went, I didn't know anything. I'm just being honest because I spent mm-hmm. 17 years not liking church. So I didn't, right. yeah. I, I didn't know anything. I, you know, I knew Daniel in the lion's den. Jonah the whale, David Goliath, and, and all the big ones, you know. But yeah. the sad thing is, and I think this, I think a lot of people can identify with that. Because I knew those stories, I felt like I knew the Bible. Yeah. I, I knew about Jesus and some of the miracles he did. And, you know, I, I could name some of the stories and, and be, and, and I was so naive and I really did feel like I understood the Bible because I knew right. And man, when I got to college, uh, all I can say was I was behind day one. <laughs> um, I went to public school. Did you go? To, I'm sorry, did you go to public school? I did. So both went to public school. Uh, I, I mean, we didn't grow up really any kind of devotional life in the house. We didn't grow up with any kind of prayer life in the house. Didn't. I mean, but I'm going to college with these kids that are they're they're private schooled or they're homeschooled, and they can all put yeah. all the you know books of the Bible in order, and they can right. they, they just give them a verse, and they can just repeat the verse. You know, they have a thousand yep. verses memorized. They got Baptist history memorized. They're talking about people I've never <laughs> heard of before, and I'm like, have y'all heard of Daniel and the Lions Den? <laughs> you know, my, my knowledge was like one percent of what the freshmen coming in were at. So really what Bible college did to me was not necessarily to teach me a whole lot. Again, I'm sure they taught me more than I realized, but it, 
it put me around friends that I hadn't had before. It put me around a group that challenged me to be a better Christian, challenged me yeah. to know the Bible more. And I think that's what good thing the good friends do yeah. is they show you where you're really at in life. Yeah. You know, I, I always tell people, get friends that you want to be like. Yeah, amen. Uh, so, so I, did, I can't say I wanted to be like these college students, <laughs> right? For a variety of reasons, but as far as Bible knowledge goes, I mean, I to be frank, I was jealous of it. I wanted it, uh, so I don't even think I learned how to study because of the college. But I'm the type I don't want to be the dumbest one in the room. <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't. Every time the preacher says something, I don't want to raise my hand. What does that mean? What What, what is right, that? Yeah. So anyway, I'd go to my dorm and I'd just study. I'd just open my Bible for the first time in my life and just say, I, I need to get answers. I'm going to find yeah. something. Amen. And so that, it taught me to, I'm too, I was too prideful at the time to ask any kind of question. I don't want to ask a dumb question at that point. Yeah. So I, I'm, I found the answer. <laughs> I opened the Bible and I went and got it. And so to me, that's the greatest thing that I, I learned there. And, and really that's the burden I have is for other people to realize, kind of like what you did, you don't have to go to college to be used by God. Amen. What we have is we all have a calling by God. Yes. And we all have a Bible. We can open Amen. it up. We can study it ourselves. You say, I don't have a, a pastor to train me. Then do it yourself. Yeah. You can do it. The, the, yep. if, the, if the pastor trains you, he, a good pastor is going to open up that Bible and train you. Yes. So you can't right. open up that Bible. <laughs> and, right. And learn the Bible and, and everything right. it is. Uh, but I think it's a pretty, uh, pretty good testimonies there. Uh, any testimony that involves salvation is a good testimony. Absolutely, I, I, would, I would agree with that. I, you know, I used to think, um, yeah, cause in a way, our testimonies are opposite because, like you said, you got to the hog pen. I didn't quite get there. Yep. You know, growing up, I say growing up when I was in Bible college, I used to think that my testimony was boring. Because, man, we would have preachers come through and, man, these testimonies. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know, they, like, have you heard of Brother Chris Dallas, you know, his yep. testimony? Yep. I mean, his testimony got Burton Gates and his testimony and, you know, just yep. saving him out of drugs and alcohol and the hardcore yes. life and the in and out yep. of the rehabs. And I'm just thinking, yep. man, that testimony is so good. Yeah. And my testimony is I was born to raise in church, saved at seven, and never really got too involved in anything <laughs> too bad. So, like... I used to think that was a boring testimony, but then the older I got, I realized that's the testimony I want my kids to have. Yep. You know, so although it, 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 it could it be boring? Sure. But yeah. I hope my girls have that testimony. Yeah. Amen. Born and raised in church, saved at a young age, never really touched sin. God, I mean, you're going to, you're going to sin, but the big stuff, you kind of avoid the most, as long as yep. you can avoid the hog pen. Uh, so that's what I want. That's what I want my girls to have one day. So it, it's not boring to me because that just shows God's hand in my life uh, at a young Amen. age, and that's exciting to me. Uh, I really yep. like that. Amen. Uh, so with this podcast, uh, brother Jason, uh, what what are your goals? Uh, so I think we both have goals for the podcast. What would you say your goals are for starting this podcast? Oh man. Um, well, you know, I, I think honestly in the grand scheme of things as you and I have talked and, and we, we share a lot of the, a lot of similar burdens um, and vision for that matter. But, um, but, you know, I, I, first of all, I just want to clarify, we don't have all the answers. Amen. Um, but we no, have a Bible that does. You know? And, um, and I think, I think more so than anything um, for me, I think God is, you know, God has allowed um, each of us, to go through things in our lives and in our ministries that like first Corinthians um, 
or sorry, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians chapter one and verses three and four deal with, you know, um, let me just read those really quick. Blessed be the God, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. And and I think ultimately, um, for me, you know, I, I really want to, I would love to see God use us um, at, to be an encouragement, to be encouragement to the yeah. brethren. Um, because there are things that we've been through that, that may help somebody down the road. And yeah. there's going to be scores of folks that have gone through far worse and far greater tribulations, trials that could obviously be a blessing and a help to us as well. But I think honestly, just to be an encouragement, um, to be able to engage in conversation on church matters, um, whether it be church business, um, you know, what we're going to we're going to start off with dealing with uh, visitors here, you know, and 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 how to how to handle that and, and different things. And so I think just engaging yeah. in that conversation, um, that open dialogue as to, you know, what what can what can how can God use this to not only, uh, um, I guess, better us in our in our calling and as, as we pastor and just to help us grow, but also to help our members grow, help church members grow and to be a blessing to other pastors as well. And just, again, that encouragement um, and ultimately, you know, equipping the saints. Amen. Yeah. Um, so the, just those three things to encourage, to engage in conversation and to equip the saints, um, you know, and I think ultimately by us having these discussions, um, it, it's going to help us tremendously. I know it's going to help me yeah. tremendously. Yeah. Um, and by I the agree. way, iron sharpeneth iron. So, you know, yeah. I mean, and that's, that's, I think more so what we're doing, but you know, th there, there's not a lot that you don't see this type of podcast out there where it's specifically designed um and and predicated to help the ministry to further the gospel to yeah. to be a help to pastors to missionaries to church members and um and so i i'm i'm excited for what god's going to do and how he's going to use it and um and so you know ultimately i, I know i know i think i can speak for you we just want to be a blessing um you know we just want to be a blessing and allow yeah. god to to use us any way he can and um, if we can help just one, if we can help one church member, if we can help one preacher stay in the battle, um, you know, to continue their growth in the things of God, then, uh, you know, I, it's all worth it to me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I just I just kind of add to that because I agree with everything you said. You know, for me, I've had this burden now for probably a couple of years at least. And the burden, of course, it's changed a little bit and it's grown a little bit and it's, you know, it'll continue to do so. So I, to be frank, I don't know what God's long-term plan for this is. Sure. Uh, I know what my long-term plan is. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, whatever that yeah. means, you know, that usually gets right. out the window pretty early. You know? uh -huh. I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, so with that, you know, to give you a part of my testimony, I guess I didn't mention, uh, I, I worked after college, I went to Stephenville, Texas, worked as a youth pastor for a year. Um, had a few issues there just with uh, the, the pastor and stuff. And God kind of showed us that that's not the right church for us. And that's fine. Uh, so God moved us up to Kansas. And we were hurt a little bit in ministry in the first church. And we were discouraged a little bit. And to be honest, ours was our first church ever in any form of ministry or service. And 
we didn't really know what to expect, you know? So for, right. from our perspective, you know, we were thinking, you know, maybe this is it, maybe this is what ministry is and we just got to get over it. You know, <laughs> like maybe it's bad everywhere we go and it's just suffering for the Lord, you know, as it is. Yeah. And so we got to Kansas, we were, we were a little discouraged and we weren't really sure what to expect, uh, but God used the pastor up there. His name was brother Jimmy McCullough. Mm-hmm. God used him greatly in our lives to encourage yeah. us. Uh, you know, we were in a spot where honestly, if we had another bad experience in ministry, I mean, Satan could have opened that door and, you know, yeah. got us out of the ministry because we weren't doing great mentally at that point. We were in a great spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God just used Brother McCullough greatly to the point where, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I felt like at the time and maybe still now, uh, he almost gave us too much responsibility. You know, okay. like in my mind, like we had almost no experience. You know, give us the, the simple stuff and we'll help you out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he immediately put us over the bus ministry, over the teen ministry, over the children's ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, the VBS was 100% on us. The, the, the church had a youth group, they did a youth conference they did every year, 100% on us. We'd never done that before. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like big responsibilities after big mm-hmm. responsibilities, youth camps, conferences. I mean, and so, I mean, there's so many things that are just all new to us. And, yeah. and the thing was, at the previous church, if we messed up, I mean, it just wasn't good. Yeah. But, if we messed up at Kansas, which we did, you know, everyone does, but that brother McCullough just loved on us, encouraged us. He didn't get mad. He said, all right, yeah, we learned from that. Next time we're not yeah. going to do that. Amen. Next time we, he just, he, he really helped us out. And cause we weren't in the best spot and, but God used us there. God used him in our life for four years up there in Kansas. And I love Amen. Brother McCullough. I still call him my preacher. He's a, labeled that in my phone. And Amen. Uh, he's actually coming down here to preach for us in June, I believe it is. We have been once a year now, and our people love, here, love him down here as well. So he's still using him in our lives. Amen. Yes, amen. Uh, but we've been now at our church uh, here at Landmark Baptist Church in Cleveland, Texas. for uh, it's, it's coming up on four years. It's a little over three and a half years at this point. And, you know, when we got here, it's an interesting story. Uh, we got brought in at, at the height of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, we candidated in March of 2020. Yeah. which was COVID ground zero. Right. <laughs> That's back. If you, if your memory is good enough, you'll remember the news is pretty much saying we're all dying. Yeah. Um, you know, love everybody. We're all dying. Get over it. Stay away from everybody. Don't walk in buildings. Right. Stay home. Wear a mask, even all by yourself in a house. You know, everybody was panicking. All the news is saying, if you're over the age of 70, you know, nice knowing you. <laughs> pretty yeah. much saying yeah. it was coming. You're not going to make it. Uh, so when we came down here, we candidated March 2020. The church at the time wasn't having services, uh, mainly because the average age of the church was around that 70 age mark. Yeah, and They're running. Um, I've heard 30, but it was probably closer to 20, 25 at most uh, that we we had, just as far as ones that kept coming after we were voted in and that sort of thing. And I candidated to a camera because there was only a couple people there to run the service. Uh, so a lot of the members I'd never even met till I moved down there. Yeah, so yeah. that was an interesting. We got voted in via mail-in ballot. Yeah. Uh, another interesting one. <laughs> I did a lot of first in my ministry that hopefully I never have to do again. Yeah, right. Uh, we did all that, and, and really, but what God's done, kind of where my burden comes from, where this whole the podcast, the website, everything, what it comes from, is God has mm-hmm. really used Landmark Baptist Church and really turned it around. Yeah, I mean, in the last few years, we've we've over tripled in size, mm-hmm. and honestly. 
I, I 100% think we would be even more than that if we had more property. We're well beyond our capacity. We have 78 chairs, and we're averaging 70 to 80 people every single week. We've had, we've had up to 90 a few weeks ago. Uh, so, I mean, just people abounding. But when I go to our church, I mean, I love it. You know, mm-hmm. some people go to church because they have to. I love it. I mean, you come into our church on any service, especially like a Sunday morning, and it's packed, and we open up the hymnals, and everybody starts singing, and it's exciting. You just see people smiling. Yes. They love singing the songs, and Amen. and then they support the preaching, and the altars get full during, after the preaching because God's people just – they're not okay with their lives. And they want to keep getting closer to God, and, and people get there early, and they fellowship. And they stay late, and they fellowship. Yep. And they, You go to the activities, and everybody's there, and everybody supports them, and – but the, the problem, what I realized was kind of where the burden came from. When you go to our church long enough, you kind of put yourself in this bubble mm. and, and you fool yourself into thinking every church is just like ours. Yeah. And they're, they're on fire and they're excited and they got, you know, 15, 20 people going soul winning. And that's 25 right. people. They're all going soul winning and they're excited. Yeah. And you just think, oh man, when people say they're going to church, this is what they're going to. Yeah, but reality hits when you go on vacation. Yeah, man, I would go on vacation, and I mean, I would end up in, in you know just wherever we're at at the time. I've been in southern Texas and different states and different places, mm-hmm. and and first of all, right off the bat, in some places it's hard to find a good church. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes they exist, but they don't have a website. They, right. You can't find them online. They don't have a Facebook page. They don't have live stream. So if you're coming through the area or if you just move in, you don't know they they exist. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it takes us a good while to find a good church that, you know, we can look yep. quickly read their statement of faith and find that we're at least close. Yeah. Yeah. And so by the time we finally find a good church and then we can't find any information on it for start times or can't watch a preaching thing to see if there are stripe or not we just have to walk in and hope which people don't like doing anymore <laughs> uh, people yeah, that, that can be scary. <laughs> uh, but you walk in and i mean when we go on vacation it, it never fails me and my wife my family we leave whatever church that is unless it's one we're already familiar with uh, but if it's a, a random church we go in we always get in the car and our, our my first thought is always I love our church. I, I, I love everything about our church. Yeah. I mean, just the people and the excitement, the singing, the preaching, everything. I just love it. Yeah. And then you Amen. go to these, a lot of these churches and the singing is just someone going, and God is mumbling through a song and everyone else is mumbling with him and no one cares if they're singing or not. And it's dead. And the preaching, yeah. no one amens the preaching and the altars are just yeah. empty and you walk in, no one shakes your hand. They don't care if you're there. And, yeah. And, and that's where the burden came from is I realized how much God has blessed our church and the situation we're in yeah. is not the standard. It's the exception. Amen. It, it is, our, our country is full of churches that are either dead or almost dead. Yep. Right. Or they're good churches and there's just a few small things if they would tweak them, they could be just as exciting. And, and they're small changes. So really – my goals for the podcast and for the website, as we'll mention here in a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's um, actually they're, they're on the bottom of the screen. Uh, mm-hmm. My goal for all of this is I want to help churches <clears throat> reach their full potential. 
Amen. Because I, I just don't believe any church that, that Jesus Christ started, ordained, and died for, and purchased with his own blood, Yeah, I don't think it's supposed to be a dead church. Amen. It, it's, it should be exciting. We're, we're worshiping yes. and praising a risen Savior. <laughs> we're washed in the blood. It should be exciting. And, and I think there's some churches that are really close to that, and they don't realize what they're missing. And yes. it's a couple of quick fixes, and it could be done. There's some churches, just being honest, they're pretty far from it. That they yeah. got some work to do, but it's possible. Yeah, if, if they're willing to make the changes, it is possible. That's right. You, you you have to get out of that rut. You have to, you know, change is a scary word. Uh, people hate change. The thing is, I think the number one problem I've seen in other churches, just when I go visit churches, and not all of them, but a lot of the ones I've seen, is they're because we're old fashioned. Because we're independent Baptist, yep. people they're so scared to be contemporary, yeah, that they're not right. even up to date. Yep. Yeah, you know, up to date's good. It like, is. We're just using good stuff we have today that God gives us. We're up to date. We look clean, it's all well put together. We care about the yep. property, but they're so scared to look contemporary, they still look like they're in the nineteen seventies. Yeah. They still have the dually curtains up everywhere. Still have the same cobwebs, the same carpet, yeah. the same carpet that great my great grandma donated to the church. Is still that they're they're so worried about looking modern that they're not even up to date. Yeah, and and I think that's where my burden is. I at least I want to help churches. I want to help churches get to that point of and and again, it it takes work. Our church yeah. took work. Our, when we got here, our church was not where it needed to be. It's still not where it needs to be. It takes work. You, yep, it, it, sure. Sometimes it's a slow process, depending on what your problems are. You can't just change them all day one. Yep. Uh, but it's possible, and, and that's what I, that's what I hope people realize uh, through this podcast is it and, can be better. Yeah. You know, just as our church, we're in this bubble, and we think church is just amazing all across America. If you're in one of these churches that are struggling, and you're running ten or fifteen people, you know, and if you're in a smaller town, that that could be great. But if you're on a 10 or 15 people for 20 years, no new people coming in, no visitors, right. no salvations, you're also going to be in a bubble thinking this is how churches are today. Yep, you're right. And I just want to let those churches know that's not how churches are today. Amen. Churches are never supposed to be that way. And, right. and for and for small changes, it can all be fixed. And, yep. and we can get we can get all these churches on the right and on fire for God on the right path. Yes. Uh, so that's really my goals. Um, with the podcast, of course, over time that could change. Uh, you, yeah. you never know. And I, I talked to you earlier. I have some goals of maybe one day doing interviews with preachers and yep. missionaries and evangelists yeah, and on a podcast format on the same channel. And mm-hmm. I have goals to do that. It'd be neat to be able to offer that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add as far as goals go? Anything that I said that may jog the memory of yours? Um, you know, I was just thinking our our previous our previous uh, post uh, previous pastorate. You know, we we're in a town of about 24,000 and yeah. um, planned to plan to stay the rest of our lives. God had other plans, but, you know, God, God used our time there um, to sow the seed of the gospel. Uh, we hit every doorstep within 15 to 20 miles with over 30,000 pieces of gospel literature um, between door hangers and, and gospel tracks being yeah. packed out personally. And, um you know, and, and, you know, we, we served and, and that's because that, that was what we needed to do. And um, we love the people and, and uh, they're still doing well. Uh, but God moved us on and, and, you know, we didn't see numerical growth there. We saw spiritual growth, but we didn't see numerical growth. Um, and that was, you know, it just 
whatever reason God had, that's, you know, that's between that, that's him, you know? And so, uh, but God, God let us out and where we're at now, um, you know, I, I was voted in by 13 unanimously um, in the beginning of September. And, you know, we, we've added so far, we've added nine and we've got four more, uh, two, two more couples that are, that are talking about joining and, you know, and, and I guess it's just not because of me, but just I, it's because of the spirit of our church. Yeah. You know, um, and I think culture, uh, church culture has a lot to do with that. And, yeah. uh, you know, and leading into just um, this idea of what visitors see and, and you know, the, the expectations of a visitor when you walk into a church, you know, and you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, you walk into some churches and. You, you know, you never have anybody shake your hand. You never have yeah. anybody come and say hello. You never, you know, um, the the music is is kind of dull. I mean, you know, and and uh, the preaching may be good, but there's there's other things. There's other components of the church of church ministry that uh, you know, like you said, that that just are lacking. And you know, we came into a very unique situation. The church is 50 years old. It'll be 50 years old this August. And so great heritage, long standing ministry here. Yeah. Um, hundreds upon hundreds have been in this church and saved and baptized. And and the membership role is is insane. Um, I, you know, it's, uh, that's a task that I'm going to have to go through, because if every member that that if every person that's ever joined the church that's still living was here, uh, we'd need three buildings. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, but, you know, but it, it's it's now we're seeing this excitement, this little, uh, this little spark of revival in God's people. And, you know, and, and I think, you know, just kind of the people have to have a desire, right. They, they, they yeah. have to have a desire to be a blessing. Um, you know, and, and you've heard it and I, it's, it's a well-known, um, staple, if you will, of the church typically yeah. follows the pastor, right. Um, attitude, personality, character and and just excitement and um and so and i think that's a lot of it but there's a lot of other details that come into play other than just the preacher's zeal right yeah um you know i i diligence dedication determination to do things right to do things god's way and um and and there's a lot of components involved with that and i think having a having a church where you know not necessarily we we don't you know we don't strive for curb appeal, right? Um, but you know, when you walk into a church and you can tell that the floors haven't been vacuumed in yeah. two weeks, and you know, and and just you know, there, it's it's just kind of sloppy. And I mean, you got to think this is the temple of the Lord. This is God's house, right? Um, it ought to be maintained. It ought to be. It ought to be well kept. And um, and so, and I think I think if the church in and of itself, and the preacher cares for the church, and the preacher has a burden for his people, I think some of these things are going to fall in line and the people will get excited about what the preacher's trying to do in his vision and his direction. And that's what we're seeing here. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and I, I, I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged by what God has done with, with landmark and how, um, how he's, he's blessed and he's just multiplied over the years. Yeah. And, um, and I, I see a, I see a pattern beginning here. And, you know, we've had we've had three Sundays since September 3rd without a first time visitor. Yeah, we've had a first time visitor all but three Sundays. Yeah. Um, and that's not even including junior church and on the bus. I mean, we've yeah. had school. But, you know, the thing of it is, 
you don't retain every visitor. Yeah. You know, you try um, and you, you, you know, I, I write letters each week per hand, write letters and, and then try to get follow up visits and different things. And if I can't get a visit, I at least make a phone call. But, you know, um, I was just thinking I was up here last Saturday night praying a week ago, Saturday um, up late, um, just praying, just really burdened for our church. And um, and and God, God gave us a Sunday that next morning with six first time visitors and five returning visitors. Yeah. You know, and, and so I, I and I say that to say this, we may not be able to retain all the visitors that come. Yeah. But man, if we just if we just dedicate the ministry to the Lord and we and we devote time to prayer for our ministries that God is allowing us to serve him in. Yeah. Um, God makes up for that. And he, yeah. he brings in other people. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, you and I were talking about this the other day and just every church has needs and and, and God has people specifically set apart for those needs. And yeah. they're either in the church or they're coming. And uh, yeah. And, and we're seeing that we're seeing that firsthand just as, as I know you are and you you um, have in the past, but are continuing to see that as well. And so um, I think just, you know, just the culture of the church, you know, and the spirit of the church yeah. really set the tone for a visitor when they walk in and, um, you know, and, and, and just having people come and, and love on them, just uh, shake their hand and, and just encourage them. Um, you know, it makes a difference. Yeah. It makes a difference when the people are excited about what's going on in their church. And when the people get excited about it, that, it, I mean, it, it spreads and it's almost contagious. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And it kind of reminded me, you know, part of our goal or my goal for the podcast is I, I don't really want the podcast to be overly uh, doctrinal and teaching yeah. and all of that stuff can be touched on and there may be even some episodes down the road that are directed toward that. Sure. sure. Um, but in, in that market, I think on podcasts and videos and stuff, it's saturated a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. of course you got to be mindful on where you're getting your sources and who's well, sure. teaching and all that sort of stuff. But there's a, yeah. there's already a good amount of doctrinal stuff out there. Uh, yep. What I'm, what my goal is, I want this to be a little more practical, Yeah. Amen. practical things to do that, to help your church. And of course, yeah. a lot of it's going to have scriptural backing and it's going to be doctrinal, yep. uh, but it, it won't be directly. It won't be a teaching podcast in that right. sense is, is the goal there. Uh, I guess I'll get a little bit, uh, let people know we, we started a website. Um, it's there on the bottom of the screen. It's churchhelpministry.com. Um, if you go on there, you'll uh, over time, the website will grow. We'll add things, take off things. Uh, I, I just wanted a place where people could go one to you could find the podcast. If you didn't want to go to YouTube or Spotify or wherever it is, mm-hmm. you, can, you can go on there and all the links will be there. But also if you look on there, a big thing that I do to help churches that God's kind of laid on my heart. Uh, I like to design gospel tracks, uh, design mm-hmm. websites, design banners, you know, that, mm-hmm. that all kind of comes in line with, you know, if we're going to help churches and we want churches to improve, you know, it kind of gets back to, we need to get up to date. Yeah, for sure. You're outdated. We've got to be up to date. You know, it used to be as a technology problem, but it used to be the popular thing for churches was to, you know, pass out tracks that are very generic. You know, we've all seen the smiley face track. Uh, It's got the smiley faces on it. And all you do is you stamp your um, church address there on the back. 
and they're very generic tracks. There's nothing really about your church on there except for here's our address. Yep. Yep. Uh, so uh, I design tracks. I work with the pastor. I don't work with the church members. I work directly with the pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, any design you want, any color scheme you want, uh, what you know, you put pictures of your church, the pastor, uh, service yep. times. I totally customize it for your church. Amen. And the, the idea behind it is it's 100% free on my end. And what I mean by that is the church still has to purchase the tracks themselves, yep. uh, which they're they're pretty affordable. They're I think last time someone placed the order a couple of days ago. It's a third party printer. I, I recommend. Uh, I've about twenty five hundred tracks after shipping was like one hundred and seventy bucks. Yeah, like that's that. good. And especially if you're a smaller church, twenty five hundred tracks that'll last you a good while. That, that'll, yep, that'll get sure. you going for quite a while. Um, so that the, the design work for the track is a hundred percent free. Um, if you want banners for revivals or banners to put in your mm-hmm. foyer saying welcome or anything mm-hmm. like that, we, uh, we do a banner in our auditorium, uh, over the baptistry and I try to switch it out about once a year. Um, it's not necessarily a yearly theme, but like I just put up a banner above our baptistry now that says missions. So we put it up during our missions conference and kind of, yep. It adds a lot to the auditorium. Again, 100% free. You get with me. I design them for you. Uh, I send you proofs. Uh, you, you tell me what you're looking for. We can get exactly what you're looking for. And then, again, I have a third party using to print those. And amen. you can get those on sale for like 30 35 bucks for a six-foot banner. Yeah, amen. Uh, not a bad price at all for as much as that adds to an auditorium. Yeah. And same with the website. A lot of churches, so many churches I've seen don't have a website. Yep. Uh, websites are fairly affordable. Uh, you can get them as cheap as $16 a month. And that's not for me. That's for the, the host for the, the, the domain to host your yep. domain. Um, but for 16 up to, you know, $24, you can get a little bit nicer website. It has a couple more features to it, but for 16 to 24 hours a month, I'll completely design the website, add everything you want to it. I got websites I can send you that I've done in the past. So you can get ideas and examples and, because the thing is, in the day and age we live, if you have someone in your town looking for a church, yes. nine times out of ten, they're going to Google to find that church. Yep. They're going right. to go to Google. They're going to type in independent Baptist church near me or Baptist churches in such and such town. Or yep. they're, they're going to Google. And if you do not have a website, I can promise you you're missing out on visitors. Mm-hmm. I know that because – probably 60% of the, our visitors want to ask them how you heard about the church. They all say, I found you online. Yep. Amen. And a lot of them, I'll introduce myself and they say, I know who you are. I've been watching you for a few weeks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay, right. well, I don't know you, Amen. but people want to check out a church before they waste a Sunday morning on it. Yep. They want to make sure the doctrine is the same as what I want, or they have kids ministries or whatever it is you can advertise on that website just let them know, or they want to know who the pastor is, and maybe they want to know his education or his experience. Whatever it is, that can be on the website. Um, and again, I to give you an idea, companies that design websites they start they start charging around five thousand dollars. That's kind of yep. the base price. I'll do it for free, no charge yep. at all, zero cost. Set it up, give you the password to log into in the future. It's all yours. Yep. I can help maintain it in the future if you want to change something but it's a hundred percent yours and you just have to pay that hosting fee through the third party. So yep. it can be on the internet. Well, uh, those are a few things that we offer there on the website. You can contact me through the website. You can contact yep. me through our Facebook page, which is on top of the screen. Amen. Our goal, my goal and Jason's goal. 
I just want to help churches. Yep. Amen. I, I realize what I do as far as design and stuff, I could charge for it, but God has given me the ability to do it. I want to be a blessing. That's yep. simple. Okay. I, I don't need the money. I don't have to charge for it. I want to be a blessing because the churches that need this the most, you may not have the best finances. You may not be where you need to be yet. And so yep. I want to be able to offer that to you at the cheapest possible price uh, is my goal through that. Uh, anything yeah. else you want to add, Jason, before we end our first ever episode? On the yeah, Church right. Board? No, I, I think it, uh, I think this has been good. Um, you know, it, this will be, this will be a good introduction uh, to folks, um, you know, not only, not only just for future episodes, but just to get to know us, to get yeah. to know our hearts, our burdens, our backgrounds. And, um, you know, uh, we may look goofy, but you know, God, God's still using the same men. And and by the way, I'm speaking for myself. And yeah, they say Jason's the only looks goofy. I don't, I don't yeah, know. I know. Well, you know, uh, it's, I just have one of those faces. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but no, it's. Uh, I'm excited for where this is going to go. I'm excited to be a part of it. And um, and so um, you know, we again, we just we just want to be a blessing. We just want to help. And, um, you know, uh, Brother Ty has, has helped our church. Landmark has helped our church, uh, not only with the website, with tracks. And, and um, you know, they've just, they've just been really good to us. And so um, we love our website. We love our gospel tracks. And so <clears throat> I will be the first to, you know, to, um, to uh, approve that message. Amen. Uh, no, you, you know, get a hold of Brother Ty and, and let him help you um, in that area. So. Uh, you won't regret it, and um, and and God will use it too. God will use it for sure. So, and then, yep, God is good. Um, we'll we'll end it there. But if you if you're listening to this and you think, man, I could, I'm going to listen to this. I could use this. My church needs this. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you're just curious on where we're going to end up going, our plan is currently it could change depending on uh, how uh, adventurous we get. I guess you could yeah. say. Yeah. The current plan is every two weeks we're going to upload a new podcast. Again, yeah. that could change. Eventually, I do want to add interviews and stuff, so that, that may get more scheduling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the current plan is every two weeks, probably every other Saturday morning, we'll post an episode. It'll be on – we'll share it on the Facebook page. It'll be on our YouTube for the video yeah. portion of the podcast, and we should be on Spotify and such as Isn't well uh, for the audio aspect of it. But if you, if you think you can benefit from it, if you can, if you'd like to help us, all you got to do is subscribe to the YouTube channel. Yes, that helps uh, recommend the channel to others on their yeah. end. Uh, if you like our Facebook page, that helps that. Or if yep. you want to yep. share the, with others, uh, hey, check this out. Keep an eye on it. This could help your church, whatever it might be. Uh, yep. It's going to be a blessing. And if you have any questions, and again, just as Jason said, we don't have all the answers. We really sure. don't. Yep. Uh, we don't. I don't pretend to have all the answers. Uh, I tell our church, I'm the pastor. I always tell our church, I love questions. I love it when my people yeah. come up and ask me questions about, yeah. you, know, you said this in the sermon, what do you mean? Or they'll tip me. I get so many texts throughout the week now, which I love. Hey, I'm yeah. studying Luke chapter four. What does verse six mean? I'm, I'm confused on. Yeah. I love those questions. And I always tell them, I know some pastors that they don't want to, to come across as unknowledgeable. So they give them an answer right off the bat. Right. Now, if, if, if it's something I've studied and I'm confident yeah. in the answer, I'll answer. But I, I, I am not scared to say, you know what? I don't know. Let me look into that. Yep, uh, amen. Let me study that out. I want to get a good answer for you. Uh, so if you want to reach out to us um, through through the Facebook or YouTube, whatever it is in the comment section, 
we'll do our best to answer that to the best of our abilities. And yeah. if we don't know, we'll certainly do our best to find the answer for you, Amen. Uh, if that's a blessing. Uh, but thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Amen. Thank you.